welcome or welcome back. <coughs> we'll start with the second part of our program with a talk uh, by uh, Suzanne Winterling. Uh, Suzanne Winterling is an artist and a professor working across a variety of media, including film, photography, sculpture and performance. Uh, Winterling is primarily known for her time-based installations which critically engage the representation of reality, prevailing modernist concepts, power structures and hierarchical historiographies are captured and investigated in her work in the form of spatial consultations. With an emphasis on enhancing our perceptual and critical consciousness, Winterling undertakes effective and material-based research that highlights the subjective interaction between producers, viewers, materials, and species in our ecology. Recent exhibitions include the ICA Philadelphia, MIT List Center in Boston, Contour Biennale, Empty Gallery in Hong Kong, TBA 21 in Vienna, MoMA in Dubrovnik, etc. I've seen your exhibition in Hong Kong and it was absolutely amazing. Two floors, <coughs> huge exhibition space, the empty gallery. If you're in the area, go there. Um, for now, she will give a talk entitled Gravitational Currents and the Life Magic. Susan Winterling. Yes. Hello, everybody. Um, I also have to um, say a few words in the beginning as an introduction, but also welcome you all here. It's very tough to take up this uh, after the morning and after so many like eloquent talk, because I, as you see, I already got uh, my turtle up there. I do need the help of other things than language. Um, and I also, I do want to say, three super short things about uh, me being very uh, honored and um, humbled actually being here because of three uh, short things to uh, I need I need to say um, one is the urgency of the topic so I've been very happy to be invited under this topic because uh, it is not white pink or greenwashing it but naming it by a matter of life and death um, the agents and the people that have uh, uh, invited me, because their writing has actually been quite fundamentally empowering, encouraging, and also helping me on my current trajectory, where I also am quite invested in the distribution of knowledge. Uh, and that's why I'm very happy about the legacy um, of both of the speakers um, in the morning, so I'm not going to go there. Uh, but also of Michel Sears, and this I wanted to use a little bit um, as it brings me to the st starting point of uh, what I'm presenting here in the next 20 minutes, um, which is also uh, has been very much inspired when I heard him speaking after the oil spills um, uh, as a young student. Um, because he demanded that the sea now gets up and goes to court and uh, and brings uh, humans into the uh, into the point where they should be accused, which is a very drastic. But uh, I think art also has the power of or should be a means of provocation and of like uh, clear positioning in these in these times even more than maybe ever before. Um, uh, also because, and maybe I'm still, and for that reason, use this as an introduction, um, 
with the help of a couple of microorganisms that you will meet today. Um, these microorganisms navigate life and death, and they also kept traces, um, maybe invisible traces, uh, but poisonous ones after the oil spills. So many people said like, oh yeah, it's all cleared up and look, there's like the beach again and it really looks like sand. But all the invisible traces of these toxins, they stayed, they kept on reproducing in, uh, in different kinds of bodies and with microorganisms. So this, um, I wanted to use a little bit as an introduction because I think what needs to be debated as well, maybe on top of all the, the things that I very much uh, agree in the morning, but it needs also to be seen what art's role is in these ecocides, in these genocides, um, as I will argue. So, um, this, this way is, kind of introducing, and I'm sorry, I have to read because I, uh, I'm not as, I wish I could uh, do this all free, but I do st have to stick a little bit to my notes to not get lost. Um, uh, so I want to introduce a little bit my approach, which is one that tries to emphasize the sensual in all this, uh, what uh, Isabel Stengers, I think, has, has for right called the barbarism that humans have come down to promote. Uh, and it's interesting how much feminist science fiction has predicted this, and also Afro-pessimism, for example, has actually analyzed these dynamics. And I think as, as an artist, we have to delve into these dynamics. It's not, it's not the point of like, you know, indexicaling or uh, pointing them out. It's like uh, we really have to dig deeper and look in what is actually happening. So part of what I'm suggesting today with the help of, and I'm focusing on the show that uh, um, that uh, um, was just mentioned, um, uh, a show called The Gravitational um, Currents and uh, the Magic of Life. And what I'm suggesting is uh, maybe in an imperative way, uh, also as could be done by Kant or someone uh, in the philosophical tradition, or maybe using this, uh, this term that uh, Ceres calls a contract, which I think is, is, is something very interesting. But what I'm suggesting is a speculative ethics workforce beyond the human and before the human, as it is important to acknowledge the timeline has and actually is dropped by these microorganisms that are my workforce, or maybe the other way around. I usually say they have kidnapped me, so now I'm the ambassador of the realm of the dinoflagellates, um, which have marked or shown the first forms of life on this planet. Um, and there's also numerous new ones now waking up in the eyes that for humans have not been known before, and they also carry loads of uh, toxins that we have not known before. So this is like their, let's say, power of uh, mixing up our timeline. Um, and I would like to call this a speculative ethics in the becoming but circular, not, not linear. Epistemology and the imaginary is not an opposition, but a joint force in the dance, as it is physical and magical like a Suvi Davish or a cluster of bioluminescence. Um, 
in the sea, faster than any touchscreen and more sensible than most of what you ever encountered in your human life. And this scenario is directed and composed by single cell organisms. Without even having a brain, and one can argue in some states the dinoflagellates cannot even be ascribed a life. That's why my favorite strategy is animation, classical, sculptural, but also 3D computer generated and simulating one of many realities in 8K, morphed and rendered back into an actual space that is immersively drawing you in like the imaginary on the grid of the black hole, as such based and using science and technology already learned from these forms of life and non-life. Why does this matter? It's, it's the face of Gaia and underneath and through her skin. It's definitely a way of joining and training in listening and sensing the biomass. And not exactly dramatizing, but also not hiding the urgency of the entanglement with us and the transformations we're already witnessing from within. It has to be acknowledged part of the problem is already in language and in the word bio, which tries to put a grit onto what is alive and what is not. A hurricane is very much alive as we are experiencing, and in the medical terms, you might not find a living cell in it. But for making this journey, I think we have to become aware of the dynamics and what is called the biomass. This is facing Gaia as it has to face epistemological boundaries, but art and I would promote one that can be trained in science and the humanities, has exactly this as a power of the imaginary and the material. It can render down, or as some of my shamanic friends call it, it can be downloaded from our dreams in a very close connection to what Ernst Bloch called, described by the, as the argument of the dreams, where we can overcome and uncover social inequality in ecological violence and thus be joining intersectional forces in the present and future. Decolonizing needs to affect real structures in economy, in academia, and in the interspecies relation. It either affects all of our relations, as in the interactions of Karen Barra, or it is useless in times with psychocapitalism, the German extreme right-wing party calls themselves aliens, to sympathize in denying the Holocaust. In a time when 80% of biomass of insects has already disappeared within 25 years, the forces and the dynamics in extinction and climate change are what's at stake. Or we clearly see the violence arising and the distinction being made what life is worth and what not again and again accelerated with digital and molecular cell structures like cancer. The superbug is in Svalbard, up in the Arctic. No one can trace how it got there. It could be preparing the big hit. As our knowledge of antibiotics has run out, despite all the tech fixes promised by pharma car companies ruling not only parts of the world, but also giving out art prices. The violence is among us. Actually, that's where I sense it the most. You pay 400 euro for a person at the border of Libya, and you have heads of department who reign like Napoleon, making research and production a power game of testosterone levels. As well as the slavery in the food industry or textile industry called BioNow, 
where rape is connected with migration of labor force as a given if you have the wrong sex. Ecocide and extinction is a genocide as it goes hand in hand. A sleeping musician in front of Taco Bell gets shot down by the police and extended government forces, not even because he's hungry or poor. So that is also why these new forms of colonialism are so powerful. They go across species, causing ecocides, which are genocides manufactured occasionally and not so white in their middle. That's why Fanon has a great revival. One of my favorite talks beginning of this year at a conference on cybersecurity and intersectionality was called Happiness is Just a Lack of Information. So switching now to the life force, which you see in the background by uh, an army of uh, dinoflagellates glowing. The dinoflagellates driven by the currents were the first signs and multipliers of life. In the human narration and science, the realm of the dinoflagellates are my comrades. I usually circle a bit back when I was kidnapped by the clusters of dinoflagellates Bahamense, the healing ones, and the ones that were warriors against the colonizers in the ancient times, where fishermen in indigenous stories told me and introduced me to the aqua viva, as it's called in Vieques, which belongs to Puerto Rico geographically, and aqua viva, the living water, marks the line that I want to go here. So we are immediately in the violence of colonialism, the Walmart colonialism that has the hashtag of the shithole countries. Now, I'm honored to be on this mission with the biomass and the shithole countries and to build a kind of archive for sailing in the toxic red tide. It shows and teaches me and it can make us all stronger and train us for the existing and coming barbarism. Through the bones and under the skin as it is with microorganisms and their qualities of information flow which crosses biology and physics, or maybe all the so-called earth sciences. This drama is not one of the human. It's human initiated, but it spreads all over. And the task is to find strategies of survival as it is a matter of life and death. In research, where does the money go? And in the arts, where is the money coming from? And in both cases, who's taking the credit and who's surviving in the longer run on what costs, what does the livelihood consist of? <clears throat> so my all goes to the biomass, taking the power game for real, but not so much the self, and to try this for all of us, not because of teleology, also I think it is an interesting concept, but as an artist more because it's more fun and it's also exciting to dwell with these protozoa and microorganisms. They dwell and defy and deny the distinction of life and non-life like an algorithm does. So my awe and all of it goes to the biomass, the protozoa, the amoeba, the dinoflagellates and all the invisible, in the case of lichens, it's quite visible, with the help of technology, infrastructure of life on this planet as this infrastructure enables life. Maybe even when we cannot call it life, but it carries the information of life. The cyanobacteria and the lichens that nurture and constantly enable life make infrastructures and communication lines and sensors for life to come. <coughs> Sorry, I do get a bit of a bad throat, so it's already... Very well. 
the senses of life to come and to be empowered and nurtured materially. And this is a matter of an amazing amount of studies from how forests think to self-owning forests by an alternative economy in the blockchain patterns to plant studies investigating aesthetics and sensibilities in the real sense. <laughs> Thank you. I do have my bottle somewhere as well. But of course, it appears. So the, I think there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of very inspiring studies of people who are much more smart, who also are on this movement of listening and uh, maybe radically tuning the senses up in these times of uh, constant zombification and alienation in our society to to try to to switch this the other way around and to get more sensibilities. You think where. Uh, one has been taught by modernism to not look at and to not... Um... So resume-like, we are drifting with occurrence and focus on water monitoring as a citizen science with a network of digital commons activists and environmentalists. As the ecosystem of the dinoflagellate is so highly sensible, even taking in historical materialism, that we can, if we radically listen and become more sensible to the sediments, the tectonics, they are all the forces that were connected in ways we are just getting a small, small, small glimpse to find out and maybe we never find out. But part of that I think is interesting to look into much more than the testosterone games. Um, for example, learning to to listen to uh, creatures that you can actually not listen to with the help of hydrophones or uh, technology that is also DIY technology. is not all um, the super uh, expensive technology. I lost a little bit track, but I'm coming back. It's it's butchery to what what most humans do in comparison to this. Hiding, hiding even in decolonizing practices and the blue economy of squeezing out the juice of life from Gaia, which is in a way based on a division on what is life and what not. The dinoflagellates and a lot of biomass actually don't allow this distinction to be made as they flow in between. They rise from cysting for like hundreds of years. They make a life that what has in limited human terms, been dead, or they give the currents and the deeps, or given the currents and the deep sea, there's tons of life we don't have a tiny, 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 tiny clue about, um, and we're already capitalizing on it. This, I would argue, is the magic of life, and it's beyond human, as we're still trying with gene sequencing and gene manipulation to hunt after life. Maybe a first step is to really sense it again and to tune in what that value actually is. As suggested by many scientists, a life measurement instrument as a joint tool of biology and physics. Being an ambassador of the algae realm, this sounds very interesting to me and I'd like to follow on building this infrastructure because it's an empowering infrastructure and you can immerse in these networks and counterpoints to language, but only if you accept its material and immaterial complete otherness, as we try to show in the gravitational currents and the life magic, which was a series of works rendered and produced with the help of 
and in the amazing spaces of empty gallery in the Grand Marine Center in Hong Kong. That's where the fish market and the setting of the film Blade Runner, Blade Runner is, uh, is happening, but it's also ashore and in the close distance to the Lama Island, a holy site and hosting several turtle protection beaches, as well as some of the area's indigenous communities which still rely on fishing by existence. So welcome to the algae empire. We are starting an exercise in terraforming and we practice ethics in agency and habitat through an interconnected livelihood. Maybe what Povinelli calls the embankments, but in a fractal way, quoting another collaborator, Denise Ferreira da Silva, with quantum technology through our pores and symbiosis. A map of the driving forces, the currents, and the forces that tear this planet, they can also tear us down to the bottoms of the biomass, and we're staging a roundtable of the commons with very different data and agents. Some of them don't need a chair to be at the microphone, and we might as well be marveled by the shapes and the ways the interaction can spread, as already visible in the structures of information. In the end, it's not fantasy, as it's built on the nurturing parts of science and holds what Simone Weil has called the reality check. Thanks so much for the attention, but I'm going to start the algae opera now. It's about eight minutes, and then 